Welcome to the world's premier Black Crows podcast. State of America. Hosted by two of the band's most dedicated fans, David Hudson and Ian Rice. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the State of America podcast. This is a bonus episode, our last episode of 2022. And David and I are going to discuss our top five albums of the year. And with me, as always, Mr. David Hudson. David, how are you, sir? I'm good, Ian. I'm still full from Christmas, but it's been a good year. We do need to welcome our latest patron, Justin Kahn. We've had quite the year for our first year on Patreon. Yes, I cannot thank everybody enough for joining us, even if you were with us at one time and and had a part ways, or you just come on board. You know, we appreciate everybody that's been involved in some capacity, and uh, we look forward to doing many, many more exciting things on there in the year to come. Christmas presents have been mailed out. They have, they have. And we mailed out our state of morica patreon christmas card so there's another incentive for you to join by next uh, december so you can be in on the christmas card yeah we just um sold a few shirts and we're going speaking of shirts we're going to make some shirts that are exclusive to our patrons and then we're going to make some for uh everybody that's uh not joined us on there at the beginning of next year so be on the lookout that for more state of america merchandise speaking of state of america merchandise I want to give a shout out to my boy, the professor, Ray Permy. He sent you and I both a state of America mouse pad, which is yes. really, really cool. Mm-hmm. And then I guess he has a friend that like uh, hand makes um, coasters. Like this is made out of, is it granite or marble or whatever? Anyway, he made me one with uh prints made, on it. It's made out of love. And uh, <laughs> Ian got one with Eddie Van Halen on it. I did. It really caught me uh, by surprise. I, I had, told Ray that I would do a, an unboxing video. So I did like fooling around, but uh, then when I took that out, it really, uh, it, was, it was touching. It was very nice, you know, cause it's very thoughtful and uh, it came out really nice. I like it. And uh, I want to thank Michael Lewis. He did a custom painting for a contest for one of our patrons. And um, I just cannot thank him enough. He is just a absolutely amazing artist. I am going to commission him at the beginning of the year. Ian didn't even know about this. This one's all for me. He is going to make me one that incorporates the Black Crows and Pink Floyd. Interesting. Yeah. So we'll tweet out his, uh, or I'll put it on Instagram once the person, Tyler Jones. Yeah, Tyler Jones is the one that won it. Once he gets it, we'll put it on Instagram. We'll tag Michael Lewis. Uh, if you want to get something, because his paintings are amazing. His prices, I think, are very reasonable. Um, and that was a really cool thing. He's done a custom painting for Ian and, and myself. And this one for Tyler is completely different, but it's very cool looking. So, yeah, we'll um, I'll show off my new piece once I get it. And that one-of-a-kind painting that I have was actually a gift from David back when he... Back in our honeymoon phase where he just loved me to death and sent me, <laughs> sent me a personalized painting. Yep, yep, yep. That's one of the cooler gifts I think I've ever gotten somebody. I was just admiring it yesterday that we were, you know, talking about the new one. I kind of went back and was looking over, you know, paying a little closer attention to the to my one. And I really, I still love that thing. It's great. You know, don't discount the uh, 
artistry we have in-house here. Let's not forget that I am uh, on my second T-shirt design. So That's right, and it's it looks awesome. That one's going to be for our, for our patrons, and then we're working on one to sell to the general public. Yeah, so if anybody out there, because you know, a, a couple of our nearest and dearest in the uh, state of America community here have sent in some art on their own, including Mr. Brian Oleski, who came up with something really nice. But if anybody else wants to send us any art related to the podcast they've worked on or they want to work on something and send it to us, you can send it to stateofamorica.gmail.com. And, uh, you know, we greatly appreciate anybody that wants to do that. And who knows, it could end up on a, a T-shirt or a poster or what have you. And you'll definitely get a free T-shirt out of it. It seems only fair. It was a good year for music, man. They had the uh, Chronic Town 40th anniversary concerts. Man, that looked really cool. Chris and, and Rich and Rich's son singing uh, Pale Blue Eyes. Rex Cunningham went and said it was amazing. Of course, they did it the night in Atlanta. Chris was there. Mm-hmm. And um, that looked cool. You know, just like that's one of their favorite bands. You know, they had to have just been kind of walking on cloud nine. Yeah. And uh, I didn't uh, get to check out the stream, unfortunately, but uh, it seems like uh, Sven was uh, laying it down pretty good, too. Oh, dude. So they did um, World Leader Pretend with Darius Rucker. Mm-hmm. And Sven handled all those Mike Mills backing vocals. It was great. I sent him a text and I was like, man, that was awesome. <laughs> he's like, yeah, it was a pretty cool night. That's great, man. Our good buddy Sven. I miss him. He's been so busy since he hit the road. But, uh, you know, we do check in with him from time to time. So what do you say we roll around to our top five albums of the year? That's five each. Who's to say there might be a little overlap? Not sure. But what do you say we go... Uh, and we save our number one for last, and we do all the others first. I don't have any particular order except for number one. Okay, I've got, I've got mine in order because I'm on top of my game, Ian. Well, I mean, I I you know to be perfectly honest, I have mine in order. I just uh, I wasn't sure if you did, so I didn't want to put any pressure on you. You know, <laughs> I thought I was the only nerd that would order them, <laughs> put them in proper order. Don't ever count yourself as the only nerd in this duo. Uh, I'm sorry. All right, so uh, the gentleman that I am, why don't you go first, sir? All right, number five is an album called Regenerator by King Buffalo. found out about this band four days ago dean del rey he gave his top 10 albums of the year 
and he just raved about this one. And I pulled up the song that he uh, was talking about, Regenerator, and man, I am hooked. They call it heavy psychedelic music. I really don't know how to describe it other than it's uh, it's got a lot of cool soundscapes. It's fairly aggressive. Uh, the lyrics are kind of obscure and cool. And I believe the lead singer's name is Sean. His voice is really, really interesting. And so I've just dug deep into that album. Meantime, I'm on Spotify since last Friday. That's all I'm listening to. Uh, probably going to pick their vinyl up. But uh, I don't really know what to compare them to. It, it's it's kind of, I don't know. It's unique music. It's not like avant-garde music by any stretch, but it's just a really cool sound. And big thanks to Dean Tailray for pointing that one out. I'm, I'm going to have to check that out. I have I've heard you speak about it, but I have yet to listen to it. I just haven't uh, been able to squeeze it in yet. But uh, I'm wondering, though, you know, sometimes you see those, you know, uh, 100 greatest albums of all time. And it's, you know, Sgt. Pepper and all those things. And all of a sudden you get like a much more current album. Like, are you, is it, have you spent enough time with this album? Because it's a very late entry for the year. I mean, I, I have because it's grabbed me so, so much. And like, there's, I haven't had a bad song on it. Excellent. And it's just so unique and, and, and cool sounding. I sent it to uh, Ryan Oleski and he was like, oh, this is right up my alley. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's they, they refer to it as heavy psychedelic, but it's not like heavy metal or anything, but it's uh, it's really, really good. Isn't it fantastic when when an album catches you and you just you just run with it like that? And it really it reminds you of when you first heard certain other albums like, you, you know, because a lot of the music when you hear it that's you know truly exciting is when you're you know a younger man and just discovering things and you know it's like all these doors being opened to you and and it's cool to get that excitement off an album you know as you as you get sure. older yeah that's great man i'm glad you found it so rounding out my list for the year in the fifth spot is the black keys dropout boogie I bought it when it came out and didn't listen to it right away and then got into it later. And I think it's one of the better entries into their catalog, Dropout Boogie. And the one that came out prior, Delta Cream, both uh, kind of a return to form for them a bit. Because I didn't I didn't much care for, uh, what was it, Turn Blue? Well, there was Turn Blue and then what was the other one, like Let It Rock? Yeah, those two, not that they were bad albums, just didn't grab me like some of the others had. Like I was a big fan of Brothers when that came out and even El Camino I really liked. 
Yeah. So this one, this one I really like. I don't, I never got your opinion on this record, actually. I just listened to it like one time through when it came out. I, I'm pretty much a Brothers, El Camino, and Delta Cream guy when it comes to them. I think sometimes they stray too far to what they're good at, and sometimes it seems forced. That's kind of what I felt about Turn Blue, particularly. You know, it just seemed like they were trying too hard, you know, to yeah. be the Black Keys. You know what I mean? Right, right. When they just let it ride and, and do their thing. Have you ever gotten the chance to see them live? I have not. You know, uh, when we were in Oxford, we went by that place, the Lyric, and that, mm. you know, they only did three shows that year. And that was one of the places they did it. You couldn't move in there. And it was so energetic and so much fun. And they had R.L. Burnside, the living members of his band, come up and play essentially the Delta Cream album all the way through. And it was really cool. So much energy in that room. And it, one of the things I think it's nice about them now is they have a full band behind them, which fills out the sound and it's not as thin sounding. And I know the purists are going to get upset about that, but tough. It, it was, I would go see them live anytime they're around me, even if I'm not a fan of the most recent album, because their, their performances are so energetic. I know exactly what you mean about that. Although, although when they were a more sparse act, they were able to to fill the space relatively well enough, but there's just still something that, you know, there's still some holes that need to be filled. The, the White Stripes were like that for me, too. As, yeah. as great as a lot of those songs were in a, in a live setting, particularly if the venue was a little bit larger, it kind of just went out into the atmosphere a little too much, you know? Which is what's really cool about seeing Jack White with his solo band, mm. and they play those songs. Or like when the Rockin' Tours would play some of them. Yeah, because you get that more mm -hmm. full band kind of feeling on it. Yeah. All right, so what's your, what's in your number four spot, my friend? All right, number four is an album by Goose called Dripfield. They are the heir apparent to widespread panic and fish and, and are going to be the biggest jam band for the next 20 years. I don't know if I've ever seen a band have as good of the last two years as they have had. They um, it's just a meteoric rise. They sell out Red Rocks multiple nights. Now you see them in a lot of these festivals. They're doing two nights like widespread panic does at festivals. 
Um, the thing I think that set separates them. Oh, I'm hot takes Hudson's about to upset some people. <laughs> I, um, I, I can't get into fish because the lyrics are so stupid. The lyrics, I just cannot stand the the fish's writing style. I love the lyrics on Widespread Panic, but then you listen to a lot of these other jam bands, and I listen to them, so I'm not gonna knock that. But the 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 songwriting a lot of times is pretty bad. Goose has amazing lyrics. They have some that are si- kind of silly, but for the most part. They're fairly serious, and some of them have you know some like social issues they sing about. They do an amazing, amazing job of picking covers. They do "White Shade of Pale." They do "Take on Me." Their version of "Take on Me" is just awesome. The only knock I would say on them is they do jam too much, too many songs that are fifteen and twenty minutes long. But other than that, they are just growing by leaps and bounds. So the song "Hunger Sight" is really good. The song Dripfield and Hot Tea are the three that I recommend off of it. You say Hot Tea? Yeah, Hot Tea. I like that title. I don't know why. Probably because you're British. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> well, I mean, I haven't done a deep dive into Goose yet. I, you, I know you and a few other folks have been raving about them. You and I, when we were doing the Delta trip and we were hanging out at your house, watched a, uh, quite a few videos and I, I did enjoy what I saw, but I haven't had a chance to really get too deep into them. But uh, that's a great pick. I, I, I agree with you in that I see them as being the, uh, the ones to carry the torch. Stephen Hyden refers to them as the indie jam band. <laughs> I, they really are, from what I could tell, like very, very grassroots. They kind of built themselves up. Uh, you know, they followed the, the traditional genuine jam band path where they yeah. built a following without any that help from radio and things like that. Absolutely. All right. Well, in my number four position, kind of an odd choice. I, I, I even though it was released you know, as if several volumes separately, I consider it to be one album, and that's the Tedeschi Trucks band, I Am The Moon. enjoyed this i didn't think i was going to enjoy it as much as i did because you know a lot of times you get involved in and i mean essentially this is a double album even though it was released in four different sections it uh you know it's about the length of a double album but you know sometimes those things can get a little bloated and a little uh top heavy 
But uh, I think this is one of their best efforts in years. And I really like the fact that they allowed some of the other members to write and take, you know, uh, center stage roles. And, and it's really much more of a collective effort. I think it was really cool. And of course, Susan and Derek sound as good as they ever have, if not better. You know, I just, I'm more of a live Tedeschi Trucks person. I like their live recordings a little bit more than the studio recordings. I'll be honest with you. I've listened to two or three songs. I haven't listened to any more than that. I need to force myself to do it because people just rave about it. It, re- it really is probably their most consistent release in, in quite some time. I mean, I liked their last couple. I don't know. I think this is a real winner. They, they did something ambitious and pulled it off, in my opinion. They had plenty of time. That's true. So what's next for you? Uh, Fear of the Dawn, the first of two albums that Jack White put out this year. This, I think, is his most consistent solo album that he has put out. Uh, this one's more of a rocker. I don't know. It really grabbed me upon first listen. Um, the music's pretty intense. Uh, the song's Taking Me Back, Fear of the Dawn, Heidi Ho, which has Q-tip on it. That shouldn't work, but it does. Um, <laughs> What's the Trick is really good. Also, like, Eosophobia. So, um, yeah, you know, I didn't get to go see him this year i had tickets wound up giving to rex cunningham i got sick and couldn't go but by all accounts an amazing show but the second album is more acoustic based and more laid back i have not given it enough of a chance to say yes or no whether i like it or not but i have played this one a lot we all know he loves vinyl and his stuff is always going to sound good on vinyl yeah he is a uh torchbearer for the uh resurgence of vinyl and i Applaud him for that. He's uh, he's really into it. I I like this record a great deal. I was actually more partial to the to the second one, the more acoustic based one, but that's just because uh, I'm a sucker for acoustic stuff. But uh, he's he's been doing some of his best output for a while. Yeah, awesome guy. So for my number three spot, at a band that features someone who's become a very good friend of ours, but I did not let that sway my decision to include this album. That's Mr. J. Gonzalez and the Drive-By Truckers with their album, Welcome to Club 13. Welcome to Club 13. 
I really, really like this album. It happened to come out not long after we started becoming friendly with Jay. And so we had a little insight into the into the album and, and things like that. I, I just think it's one of their strongest albums in, in quite a while. I know you're a Drive-By Truckers fan. I, I'm surprised this didn't make your list. It's in my top 10. I uh, just didn't make my top five. Uh, kind of a return to form on them. That I think they purposefully stepped away from a lot of the political stuff for this one. The song Welcome to Club 13, it's a, it's a fun song. But to me, man, the highlight of that album is The Driver. That is awesome. It's basically him telling stories of things that have happened to them while driving around the country. The one that's so sad is that we will not wake you in the morning. That's tough to hear, man. That is, uh, that's some of their deepest, darkest writing. But yeah, I liked it. I heard every song that's on that album before it was ever released over four nights in Athens, Georgia. They played, it was about a, a month or two before the album came out. They played every song uh, over those four nights. I'm going to see them again for four nights in a row in March. If anybody wants to come hang out with me, I think David Hall may be meeting me there for one night. So I'm taking my wife with me. So we'll see if she has the stamina to hold up four nights in a row. I kind of doubt it, but trial by fire. Yeah. And we'll see our buddy uh, Dave Chamberlain there. And uh, I'm donating some stuff for the Nucci Space Auction. But yeah, um, I like it. I had it in my top 10. It was close to my top five. Probably would have made it had that King Buffalo album not come on my radar. I think that the drive-by truckers, a lot of times, because you mentioned how dark that one song was, I think they do dark in the best way possible. It doesn't. It's dark, but it's not depressing. You know what I mean? They can touch in the darkness and, and then come back out of it, and they they walk that line very well. They always have. I just think I think the the current lineup they have, you know, with Jay on board is very strong, and I think Jay adds a lot to the band. Absolutely, he does. You saw them not too long ago, didn't you? That's right. Yeah, Jay adds a lot. Uh, he was a lot of fun uh, in Athens, and hopefully uh, it's going to be that way again this time. I encourage anybody who wants to go online and, and, and come hang out with us. Um, beer's on me if you show up. And speaking of Jay, uh, Mr. Gonzalez will be back on the program in some capacity in the new year. We've been batting a few ideas back and forth, and uh, we're going to have him back because we always love to chat to Jay. He's a fun guy. I agree. Now. I've seen your list ahead of time, so I know what's in your number two position. And I think it's very interesting because it kind of matches what's in my number two position. So let's hear what you got. All right. So the Red Hot Chili Peppers, John Frusciante is back. Hot take Hudson here. Without John Frusciante, average at best band. With John Frusciante, great to excellent at times. He's their Mark Ford. He's their Mick Taylor. He brings the soul to that band. They released two double albums this year. Now, Ian, if it knows me, I'm not a fan of double albums because there's a lot of filler on there. That said, if you go through and pick the songs on Unlimited Love, narrow it down to 12 songs, you have an amazing album. And so I can't overlook that. Great 
song Black Summer was my most played song on Spotify last year. I loved it. I love that it was a more mellow one. And after that first verse, you get that flourish of John Frusciante playing and you realize, oh, he's back. Uh, I know some people didn't like Anthony Kiedis's vocal delivery on that one, but uh, that didn't bother me because the song was so good. My favorite one on there is the second song, Here Ever After. I kind of thought that should have been like the, the party song of the of the summer. Really, it just screams summer. Uh, the third song, Aquatic Mouth Dance. It's really, really good. Let's see. These are the ways. Uh, white braids and pillow chairs. Really good. Poster child, not the one. Um, I was just really invigorated for um, this this album to come out. And uh, I love all things John Frusciante. So at one point it was my album of the year, but I backed off at the very last minute and, and made it number two. Had it been a single album, it for sure would have been number one. I don't think it's actually that much of a hot take to say that uh, they're at their best with John Frusciante. I don't think a lot of people would disagree with you with that. I mean, unless I know it exists out there, a lot of purists who, you know, think the original incarnation of the band was the, was the best. But I, I mean, I think they were at their most creative when John Frusciante's in the fold. Absolutely. Now, oddly enough, my number two pick was the other album they put out this year, which was Return to the Dream Canteen. I just happened to gravitate to that one a little bit more. I think largely it had to do with it's a little bit more mellow than Unlimited Love. And I think I went for that more, whereas I think you appreciated the the the, the more rock aspect. So, My problem with the second album is there's too many mid-tempo things that kind of sound the same. I'm not saying the music's terrible. But, I mean, dude, to put out 36 or 40 songs in a year, that's hard to do and make them all good. No, I agree. I, I for them to be back together and making music, you know, whatever the output is, I'm always going to check it out. I just thought it, it, for me, this was the the stronger of the two in terms of what I like to hear and things like that. Um, I hooked our buddy J.R. Rook up with an autographed CD of the Dream Canteen. I got him an exclusive poster. I forget how many it was not many of those made and then got him the exclusive from the band's website uh, kind of powder blue vinyl so he mm. 
he's always a big supporter of our show. So I was glad to be able to hook him up with all that. Yeah. I had run out at the uh, previous record store day and gotten the unlimited love alternate cover they did for record store day. So as soon as he told us that he was a chili peppers guy, wanted to make sure we uh we did right by him he's always supported this program big time yeah jr so you need to come on the podcast that's right all right david so here we are let's give it a little drum roll here's your number one album of 2022 marcus king young blood Produced by Dan Auerbach. I think Dan wrote several that helped him with the songs on here and with some of the guitar playing. This is his most focused album to date. Gone a little bit as kind of the soul and R&B and funk. This is a little more of a rock record at times. It sounds like 1970s ZZ Top. Uh, I think he went through a pretty significant breakup when he was writing this album. You can kind of, you can tell, oh man, the song Rescue Me in Pain. Probably my favorite back-to-back song combination that came out this year. Hardworking man is good. It's too late. La la la. Uh, just golly, he's so good. And there's so much potential there for him to grow even more. I don't think that he try. I think he basically is a trio that, you know, instead of a full band. So, but I, yeah, I just absolutely love this album. This is a fantastic album. And the only thing that stopped it from being in my top five is I didn't spend as much time with it as I hoped I would have. But Everything I heard was fantastic, and you're absolutely right. It actually reminds me of the the sound and vibe on the Deguelo album by ZZ Top from '79. But just great tunes. I like the I like the little shift in direction he did for this. You know, yeah, he's he's here to stay. Is only going to get better. I can't argue with that pick at all. I mean, excellent record from an excellent musician and songwriter. His songwriting has improved tenfold. Right. 
All right, so let's hit that drum roll one more time. Gonna get to my number one album of the year. It is Spoon's Lucifer on the Sofa. Hands down, one of the best records I've heard in the last 10 years, if not more. I, I love this album. From the first play, I, I played this thing over and over and over again. I, I think it's a real return to form for Spoon and one of their strongest albums in their entire catalog. You know, I was a big fan of Gaga, Gaga, Ga that came out in 2007. And, you know, since then, I've, I've really enjoyed their albums, but they kind of veered off into a little different territory. And, uh, Lucifer on the Sofa kind of brings it right back in. I just can't, I can't get enough of this record. Yeah, it's in my top 10 for a while. It was in the running for uh, album of the year for me. My first real exposure to them, I've heard of them, but just never really got into them. And I think I heard of them on Steve Hyden's podcast. They were talking about it. The song Wild to me is just so insanely good. The Hardest Cut is good. Uh, on the radio is really good. And I see here they've put out an album of it looks like remixes or yes. reconstructed songs. So I need to give that a listen to see how that sounds. Some of them are excellent. Some of them are kind of okay. You know what I mean? But it's, a, right. it's an interesting idea. And to that end, David and I are going to give away vinyl copies of both of our number one albums of the year. David's being Marcus King's Young Blood and mine being Lucifer on the Sofa by Spoon. I also have will be including that remixes album as well. So whoever gets that will get, actually be getting a, a double dose of Spoon. You can follow our social media for how you can uh, get your hands on a copy of one of those two excellent albums. Well, David, I got to say, it's been a fantastic year as always, my friend. I love doing this podcast with you, man. And uh, I look forward to what 2023 year number four is going to bring for us. Been a fun year, man. And we, uh, we're we going to broaden the horizons uh, next year. We're going to try to do more video stuff. Uh, more live streams. Uh, we want to grow Patreon. We're definitely going to have our meetup at um, the Moon Crush Festival in Florida. If you're interested in coming to that, go online and, and look at that. It's an amazing. JJ Gray, the Avid Brothers, Marcus King, Jason Isbell, Black Crows. 
going to be a fun time. But yeah, we're going to try to increase our footprint more on like YouTube and things like that. So we have the best listeners in the world. You guys are loyal. You always support us. We really appreciate all your support. And don't forget, David, we also will be filming the pilot episode for our new sitcom. That's going to be a modern day update of The Odd Couple. And we'll leave it up to you to figure out which one is Oscar Madison and which one's Felix Unger. But uh, so we got that on the horizon as well. But in all seriousness, everybody, we really appreciate everybody that tunes in, anybody that's joined the Patreon, anybody that supports this program in any way that they can. Every Everything and anything you do is greatly appreciated, and we do see and hear everything on social media and just can't thank you all enough. So from the bottom of our hearts. So before we go, we're going to pick ourselves a playout song. What do you say we finish out with a double? We each pick a song from our album of the year. Well, I got to go with Pain by Marcus King. And I'm going to do The Hardest Cut by Spoon. So I want to thank everybody once again, and we look forward to seeing you in 2023. Stay tall, everybody.
song The hallelujah choir 